happening this is your man l jamal coming through with another edition of never out of bounds of course this is the place we can say what you want as long as you get the facts today we'll be wrapping up those nfl draft profiles today i'll be going over everybody on the defensive side of the ball we also got some nfl trade rumors to go through after that uh but let's get right into it we're going to start off with the uh rushers the edge rushers uh in the draft this year's draft we're going to start off with chase young of course this is the obvious pick uh not only is he the, the top defensive pick or the top pick amongst the defensive line he is probably slated to be the top pick of the draft in a lot of people's cases a lot of people might have said joe burrow uh but over the course of the weeks and the months uh chase young has solidified his his case as being the top pick of this year's draft he comes into this situation at six foot five 264 pounds he was rated as a, as a 97 of course that is according to cbssports.com like i said he is expected to be that first pick in the draft some of the praises of his, of his game is that he has good athletic ability for his size and has good size and weight of course being six foot five 264 pounds it gives him a lot of versatility in what he can do and what he can do and we'll talk about that in just a second uh, he's balanced in terms of his speed and his power uh, but he does possess an arsenal of pass rushing moves uh, that can actually oh but actually be uh, helped out because of his strength a couple knocks on his ability uh, he does uh, rely strictly on on his power uh, and his strength and he does need to become a uh, better run stopper I did notice that he has a, a tendency to get uh, pretty much uh, well he, he gets blocked on running plays a lot of times he gets out he's a he's a non-factor and that's kind of putting it lightly uh, certain cases he will make a tackle in the backfield uh, he can get in the backfield in, a, in some cases on a on a running play, but uh, he's definitely a solid pass rusher. I did see him on multiple occasions on game film, just breaking past uh, linemen and getting you know knocking down a quarterback, getting in the quarterback's face a lot of time. Uh, that's that's his bread and butter. But again, when the tables are flipped and the offense is coming right after him, he has a tendency to kind of disappear off the film. So the more a team runs the ball, you might not see a whole lot of him. Uh, but let's talk about his stats from last year he would have 40 total tackles last year along with 32 solo he would have 21 tackles for loss 16 and a half sacks and seven uh forced fumbles he'd also have eight pass deflections from two seasons so again that height uh really adds his versatility because again not only can he you know get to the quarterback uh, in terms of his speed and using his power on the line, but also he can also bat, pass, bat, uh, bat passes down. He's six foot five, has long arms, so it's nothing for him to reach up and swat a pass down. So he can get to the quarterback or either stop a play again with his arm by just swatting a pass down. So there's many ways he can get to the quarterback, get in the quarterback's head. So that's going to be his claim to fame, of course, that being Chase Young, first pick off the draft, first defensive player off the draft. Up next, we have uh, Kelly. Avon Chisson out of LSU. Uh, some praises on him is that he has elite. He is elite at setting or at actually getting leverage on blockers. Uh, he's a little bit of a shorter guy, maybe about 6'5", 
6'4", possibly 6'3". Uh, he's about 218, but is really limber, knows how to get under people. I think that weight might be a little bit of a knock on him, especially because, well, he's an edge rusher, so he might even end up playing some linebacker. Depends on the technique that they're going to play. Uh, of course, if it's a 3-4, three, 3-down uh, three lineman, 4 linebackers, he'll probably be an edge. He'll probably be more than likely set on the edge. Uh, he might be just a lighter linebacker in a 3-4 in a or 4-3 technique, 4 linemen, 3 linebackers. Uh, but he always plays well against good competition, so he does not play down to any level of competition. He plays up when he plays the right people. So, again, you have that there, especially coming from the uh, SEC. Now, he did suffer some knocks against his game is that he did suffer an ACL injury in 2018. The knock on that is, again, it gave him limited a starting experience because, again, 2019 was pretty much the only experience in which he had starting. Uh, the season before that, he was a backup, and he had some moderate experience, but but not a whole lot. Uh, so he's still learning his, uh, his position, getting some more experience there, and he also needs to contribute more against the run. That might come to his size, come down to his size, because, again, he doesn't necessarily this is what I saw on film he can get he can maneuver his way back past blocks and get past blocks uh, but again he has to constantly want to do that I don't see him constantly engaging with blockers he comes off the edge if he can come off you know a edge really cleanly get to the quarterback that's fine but a lot of time if he has to get caught up with a block and all that his, his smaller frame does not allow for him to do that so he's not constantly going after uh initial uh blockers and contact he's not doing that he's looking to kind of get past you with that first couple of steps and just kind of veer past you if he's able to do that he's effective again he's not the type to necessarily engage a whole lot in blocks uh moving on uh we're gonna move on to iowa uh where we have yatir gross matos uh some places on his game is that he has good hands and he also has the leverage to basically outmatch many offensive tackles so this is a guy that they're probably looking to put at the end uh meaning of course a defensive end spot he has a high motor which means he has high energy he he doesn't really stop, and uh, he engaged in. The, he can go downfield and, and chase people downfield, and that's difficult for a lineman. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit heavier. They're some of the heavier people on the line, on the you know, on the field. But they, but this guy is going to do that. Uh, a couple knocks against this game, though. Uh, one big one is that he can vanish. And vanishing in front of the action basically means that, you know, in some plays uh, he's around, uh, some plays he isn't, uh, some plays he goes missing, he's not, you know, to be found. Uh, so, and then also he needs to be more explosive in terms of his pass rushing technique, uh, being able to get past the offensive tackles in that regard. Uh, he has good hands when he gets up to them, uh, but again, he needs to be able to brush past them a little bit easier, uh, use his speed a little bit more. He's really heavy handed. Uh, that's his thing. There. But let's move on to his 2019 stats where he had 40 total tackles and also nine sacks. And he can't get to the quarterback, he can tackle. That's his main thing there. But his, his biggest thing is that he needs to improve the pass, uh, the pass, the pass rushing technique. Uh, let's move on to the interior of the defensive line. Uh, we have defensive tackle Derek Brown coming from Auburn. He stands at six foot five. 317. He is the highest rated defensive tackle at 94. He's the unanimous All-American last season and also the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, some problems on his game is that he tends to crash the pocket a lot, uh, get involved, get in the quarterback's face, get in the backfield a lot. That is good for a defensive lineman, especially a defensive tackle or a nose tackle. Uh, and he does that on a frequent occasion, so he's constantly in the backfield, constantly being a problem for interior linemen. 
I like it. He can play any position on the defensive line, uh, nose tackle, defense, of course, nose tackle, uh, edge rusher, any of that. He does have the size and the weight to do that. Uh, some knocks against him, however. Oh, actually, and one more, one more praise, praise, one more praise to his game is that he can draw a lot of attention through double teams. But a couple knocks on his game is that he will go missing on game film as well. I mean, there's a lot of plays that he's around, that he's in on. He's either in the backfield causing some trouble, clogging up the lane. However, in a lot of cases, he's just there. Uh, some another case, he's just there, just kind of on film, just kind of not contributing significantly. So there's an issue with that. That has to be changed for him. Uh, he has to develop his pass rushing ability as well. Uh, but finally, uh, in terms of his stats, he will finish 2019 with 15 total tackles and four sacks. Uh, let's move on uh, to the final defensive lineman here. We got Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. He stands at 6'5", 324 pounds. Uh, some praises on his game is that despite his size and his frame, he is proficient at the pass rush. So he can play on some edge as well, uh, but he looks like with that 324 size, even at 6'5", uh, he definitely will be better suited in the interior. Uh, now, he can out-muscle blockers and, of course, collapse the pocket as well. Uh, but he, and he also can play defensive uh, well, all positions on the defensive line. Like I said, he can, he has the ability to uh, have have a proficient pass rush. Of course, with his size, he's definitely a defensive stopper, a run stopper on the defensive side. Uh, so he can play any position along the D-line. Uh, but a couple of knocks against his game is that he needs to upgrade his pass rush arsenal in terms of the move that he uses, in terms of uh, just his techniques. He needs to upgrade that, and he has to improve how he uses his hands when he engages with offensive linemen as well. So not a complete... Uh, book not a com oh, sorry not a complete package or a com uh, completed package or whatever you want to call it but a lot of these guys uh, there's some different tools that are missing from them uh, whether it be their uh, rush uh, their pass rush ability or their run stopping ability uh, but I would say just like with some of the players that we went over on the offensive side yesterday or the other day I mean they uh, they might not be your day one starter uh, but they can definitely be plugged in and they can play day one especially uh, I, th I think uh I think the guy from uh, Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, he's definitely a day one person. That he might not be your starter on the defensive line, but again, you can fit it in the packages. I like Derek Brown as well. He has a lot of versatility. Both these guys, despite being defensive tackles on the heavier side, do have athletic ability to be put on the edge too. So that gives them a little bit of uh, some more opportunity to be to be played. And I think uh, having those different aspects of your game uh, really uh, increase your chances of getting not only drafted but playing as well as far as the other guys that i mentioned the edge rushers they're both a little bit on the smaller side especially chisong coming out of lsu i think he needs to put on a little bit more weight uh even if he does play an ed on the edge in the nfl i think he has decent enough speed and he's twitchy enough uh to get past uh, a lot of blockers but again he needs to get, get stronger because he's going to have to engage with blockers in the next level they're going to be coming towards him they're going to be coming uh you know they're going to be they're going to be a lot faster the linemen on this level on this level, just on this level as well, even the offensive linemen are going to be a little bit faster. They're going to be willing to more willing to engage with him. So, uh, and again, like I said, get to the second level, get to where he's at as a linebacker. So it's going to be interesting just how his smaller frame, uh, well, how he works with that smaller frame coming into the NFL. Uh, but let's move on to the linebacker. We're going to start off with the main man, Isaiah Simmons, coming out of Clemson. Of course, he is a jack of all trades. He comes into the draft at 6'4", 238 
pounds, I think really ideal size. Uh, well, I think specifically because uh, there's no real set position in which I feel like people want to put him at yet. Uh, he's a well for one, he's a Buckus Award winner in last season. That would make him the, one of the top linebackers in the country. He's also an All-American, a unanimous All-American. He was also the ACC uh, the, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He's also was first team. All SEC. Uh, some praises on his game, of course. Like I said, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play multiple positions, including linebacker, uh, but he also can play slot corner. Uh, he can also be on the edge as well, a light edge rusher, and also he can play both safety spots, which I think is amazing for his size. Uh, but again, he has the size, the weight, and size, the weight, and the height in order to do that. So again, it makes perfect sense. Uh, he's a dynamic athlete who can cover tight ends, running backs, and also slot receivers. Again, being in the slot corner position at Clemson adds to the you know tremendous adds to the versatility of his game. Uh, he moves well sideline to sideline, so he can make tackles, make tackles anywhere on the field. Again, uh, a lot of the places. One place that I heard him, uh, well, uh, one scouting report basically said that they would have him in some sort of a box uh, on the on the on the uh, defensive side, of course. Pretty much moving sideline to sideline uh, in a specific area on the field and being able to track that down about what about 10 to 15 yards of range and really being effective within that. I think he can go farther than that. He has a bigger range than that because, again, he can play multiple positions. He can play the secondary. He can play on the line as well. So there's many things he can do. I don't think he should just be limited to just one area of the field. He can play anywhere. A couple of knocks in this game is that he does need to improve tackling. He doesn't seem to wrap all the time. I think that's very crucial in terms of being a defender. But again, I think that's something he can improve over time. And I think with some added weight, he might be all right with that. And he doesn't take on blockers again. He, that might be because he's a little bit on the smaller side. So he's not going to want to do that every day uh so again i get it uh but again that is one knock against him on there uh but again there's some things to work here work with i think again i, I think the blocking and the approving of the tackling that'll get better again with time i think the, the taking on the blockers that'll get better with him getting a little bit heavier and again with improving his tackling that's going to get better with practice definitely depending on where he goes if he goes to a real solid defensive team He'll be all right. He'll definitely, I think he'll definitely be all right where he's at. I don't think, you know, his size and just the fact that he doesn't have a set position per se will hurt him. I think it will do a lot to help him. I think so. He reminds me somewhat of a Taylor Mays. He can hit people. He's kind of felt for his position, uh, but he can definitely hit. I think he, he reminds me of Taylor Mays in terms of how they look, in terms of their body type. Just big, hulking guys, uh, but they're athletes still. They're still athletes, and the difference between, uh, I think, uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons and Taylor Mays is that I think Isaiah Simmons is going to have that support system to help him out starting from day one, depending on, especially depending on where he goes. Uh, something that Taylor Mays did not have because, again, he could have been drafted by, you know, Phil, Phil Carroll. I mean, sorry, uh, Carroll, uh, Pete Carroll, the Seattle coach, uh, at one point in time. Uh, he was a USC coach. He was like the last, I believe he was one of the last few coaches. Uh, I think he was later there, Taylor Mays' last year. He ends up in the NFL. Could have helped Taylor Mays' career. Could have been somewhere he could have go because he was one of the, the few coaches that knew his potential. And I think 
you know, he didn't have that support system. So, again, Tillamay's kind of fizzed out. But I think going into this, Simmons, uh, he, he's a great enough athlete to have enough attention to have people want to be geared into helping him. So I think, you know, again, this depends on the franchise he goes to. He should be all right. He has a disposition on top of that to want to be better, too. So that's one thing that you can't, you know, you can't necessarily quantify in a stat or nothing like that. But you'll just have to wait and see and see how it happens. He's definitely one of the hardest workers in the draft, though. Uh, let's move on to Patrick Queen out of LSU. He stands at six feet, uh, 229 pounds. Uh, he's coming out of LSU, of course. So another SEC guy here, and there's another another lighter guy on the on the linebacker side. Uh, but a couple praises on his game is that he can read offenses, read and dissect plays, and make the correct stop. He's quick after his first step, uh, well, quick after the snap. Excuse me. So as soon as the ball is snapped, he he goes to where he needs to be. He has some great coverage skills. I think that's because he's on the lighter side that makes him a little bit faster a little bit more acceleration of course so he can get to where he needs to be again that's all part of him being on the lighter side 229 that gives you a lot more speed than you would think a lot more acceleration than you would think so i think he he definitely relies on that as well uh, he does provide an awesome burst on blitz play so if you put him in a gap he can actually work that gap pretty well get in there get where he needs to be in terms of the sack get the pressure in there and cause havoc there so he could he's a havoc type guy and on top of that he can stop screen plays again that's with him being fast shifty knowing how to get past certain blockers you know with his speed of course uh but let's move on to a couple knocks on this game he can get washed out by bigger linemen and he lacks block shedding ability that'll come back to haunt him but again he could be a definitely a coverage back. He could be somebody that you could put in a, a different package to, let's say, to have him blitz or something like that. Something that's not constantly happening on the line to have to have him engage because he is on the lighter side. Uh, and I don't, again, at 229, 230, again, that's a, that's, you know, it's a little bit difficult because you don't want to add, again, just like with Isaiah Simmons, you don't want to add too much weight and take away from that athleticism, from that extra speed that they might have because, again, his, his, I mean, a part of his factor is that he's fast, is that he can get to these plays. And I think if you put on too much weight, he might not be able to do that. So be careful. I won't just say he needs to pick up the weight, uh, but he needs to get more. He needs to get definitely needs to get stronger. He definitely needs to be able to engage with blocks because again, that's going to be a lot of what goes on. A lot of these, a lot of these linemen on this level in the NFL get to the second level, get to linebackers, get to the secondary. That's that's just how it is. And on top of his, on top of everything else on him, uh, he had one really good productive season. So so scouts are a little bit iffy on that. They need to stay. They would they would have wished to have a bigger sample size. Uh, but again, you just gotta see. At this point, you gotta draft him and see what he can do. And I think definitely think right now he's not your day one starter. But with what he can bring to the table athletically, his speed, I definitely think he could fit in some type of package. Maybe even a slot slot uh, corner role like Isaiah Simmons can do. Maybe put him at a smaller safety. We don't, I mean, again, these guys, especially these linebackers, bring a lot of versatility to the, to the table with their skill set. They're smaller than what I'm usually used to seeing or what I thought I used to see in the past. So, again, there's so many things in which you can do with these guys. So they're not your prototypical guys, maybe, but I still think they're worth, all these guys are worth the pickup. Uh, 
So let's move on to the secondary, starting with the defensive backs. Uh, we're going to start off with Jeff Okuda coming out of Ohio State. Uh, some praises on him is that he has uh, been declared uh, by the scouts the best coverage defensive back in the in the draft. Uh, you know, of course, cover, press coverage, all that. He is your man, man to man. According to them, zone coverages, he's the man to go to. Six foot one, 205 pounds. He is the prototypical size for your average speed defensive back. And he has, a, he has the typical speed for your average NFL defensive back. Uh, so, again, he's definitely your number one pick. He is the go-to guy no matter who is here. Uh, at, the, at the defensive back spot, he is the guy that you're going to want to pick up. Uh, a couple of knocks against this game, however, is he does have some. He has some issues shedding wide receiver blocks and can also uh, improve overall in the running game uh, in terms of you know providing some coverage there providing tackles and support there uh, some plays in the backfield possibly or just plays just tackles in general he could actually help there uh, he's physically uh, you know he can get physical on downhill routes and the problem with that is that can lead to penalties and also be uh, led to him being put out of position and giving up a big play but it only happens rarely but again that is something that happens uh, let's look at his 2019 stats with that 39 total tackles nine class deflections and also three interceptions let's move on to florida where we have cj henderson uh he is the first team all sec member another 6-1 guy so prototypical defensive backside so definitely that's what they're looking at he's definitely getting some praise from that uh he utilizes an effective and efficient mirroring technique uh, as part of his covering uh, he basically mirrors the receivers moves and can match them of course he has speed to go he has the speed to go with the best of them to go with the deep threats you can't really beat him too much and again he has tremendous recovery re recovery speed so if a if a receiver were to break him somewhere on his route he can go right back to him and maybe make a play whether that's a deflection whatever it has it. but he can get back to the ball uh, one of the biggest knocks on this game, though, is he needs to become a better tackler, but that goes with the defensive uh, back's position. Uh, they don't really tackle, uh, but the safeties, they do. That's that's where we're at now. We're going to go off to Bama and talk about Xavier McKinney, first-team All-SEC member, uh, defensive MVP of the Peach Ball in 2018, 4.634-yard uh, uh, dash. So again, fast, shifty. He can play at multiple positions, including defensive back and linebacker. He actually blitzes really well for safety. You don't see that a whole lot. And, of course, him being a safety, he can actually tackle. That's what they do. One major knock on this game, though, is that he does need to improve coverage. That's kind of the thing about the safeties is that they really have, they tend to have, seem to have good tackling skills. They'd be able to hit you. They can support the run game. They're iffy on being able to cover. A lot of them have are good zone coverages. They can get to a certain spot. Uh, not all of them are good man-to-man -man coverage coverage guys. Because again, they're not always lined up to a guy. So that makes that makes sense. Uh, that's going to be their biggest knock on him is just his coverage abilities. I, from what I saw on tape, he's decent, of course. Uh, you're going to have better receivers in the NFL. That's just the way it is. Uh, but particularly, he needs to get his coverage together on underneath routes. That's specifically what he needs to do. And as far as his 2019 stats are concerned, he'd have 95 total tackles. So that's a lot. He definitely does his support in the run game. He definitely can hit anybody who comes near him. He also had three interceptions. One, he went for a touchdown. So, again, he's an athlete. He can get things done. I like it. Uh, moving on, we got... Uh, Grant Delpit out of LSU. He stands at six foot three, two hundred and thirteen pounds. He is a Jim Thorpe winner, which is the best 
defensive back in college football last season. He also was a two-time All-American. He also was a uh, two-time All-SEC member. So, again, one of the top teams in the, in the nation. I'm sorry, one of the top players in the nation, of course. One of the top players in this conference, that being the SEC. Two-time All-SEC member. Also a national championship winner. He was rated at 89. Uh, some praise on his game is that he can make plays in the middle of the field. He can also play uh, free safety and strong safety. And also slot defensive back. He can also has a, He can also spot the ball from pretty much anywhere in the secondary. So that's his key to the fame. He can He's a, he has a nose for the ball. They will call him a playmaker, a Hawkeye, however you want to call it. A couple of knocks on this game, though. He's questionable at best at tackling. That's not a good thing, though, for a safety because that's what they're going to have you do. You're going to be the last line of defense against the passing game. Uh, pretty much you're going to be the guy who can support in a run game. They're going to look for you to do that. So it's important that he gets his tackling together. That's his only big thing here. Uh, he does get broken down from blockers. He can get kind of washed out of certain plays and there are some concerns with the speed and eh, we'll just have to see again i guess you know they're saying that because the nfl you know is faster uh but as far as the 2019 stats are concerned he would have 65 total tackles two sacks and also two interceptions uh before i take a quick break and uh we're gonna i'm gonna talk about a few guys that i really like uh, some guys that you might not know about but they're in that little periphery it, of course they're on the draft profile uh i want to talk about these guys here on the edge uh i like critters weaver out of boise state a couple uh praises on this game he uses his hands well on offensive tackles and he is athletic enough to even drop into some coverage so that gives him some versatility to his game uh maybe in Play him some play him as some linebacker as well. He is an edge rusher, so that means he could end up being a defensive end with his hand down on the ground, or edge line or edge linebacker, which pretty much just has him standing up and either blitzing or overall just causing havoc with his pass rush. Uh, but he does have a couple of knocks on his game. Uh, he needs to improve his pass pass rushing technique, just the way he uses his hands and leverage etc and he also has to get better against the run and that's the, that's the knock on a lot of these uh pass rushers they got to get better against the run they got to get better here they got to get stronger so on and so forth but it makes sense because they pretty much go after quarterbacks their whole thing is attacking offensive linemen to get you know to a specific place you know which is right in the backfield so i get it you know but again uh he has to improve his running uh his you know his technique against the run uh and as far as the 2019 2019 stats are concerned he would have 13 and a half sacks and 19 and a half tackles for loss so he can definitely get sacks he can also get into the backfield he's tremendous at that he'd have 52 total uh tackles and one interception uh let's move on to the line the official linebacker spot i got troy die out of oregon he stands at 6'3, 231 he's a second team all pack 12 and he's a rated at an 81 uh now a couple praises on this game is that he can play in coverage he He's a, you know, he's a lighter guy, so he can get around. He has some speed on him. Uh, he can also read a quarterback's eyes as well as a wide receiver's routes in order to stop a play. Uh, he can also track the, track the ball. And he can also slip... Um, well, he can also make some tackles as well. He can, he can He's a great tackler. A couple knocks on this game, though, is that he has good but not great range in terms of tackling. So maybe he's one of those guys that you kind of keep in the box, keep in certain packages. Uh, he's not a certain. He's not necessarily a great athlete. So he doesn't run super fast, but I think he does just well enough to get to where he needs to be. That's my personal opinion. But he went in 19, 2019 with 84 total tackles, 9.5 for loss, 2.5 sacks, an interception, and 2 forced 
fumbles. Finally, we're going to give the Pac-12 some love. Uh, we're going to the secondary. I got safety Ashton Davis. I believe he's the third rated, highest rated uh, safety right now. Coming in at six foot one, 202 pounds. He is a second team all Pac-12. He was also rated at an 87. Uh, he can also assist in the, in the special teams as well. He is a great returner. Uh, a couple praises on his game. He can cover uh, a lot of ground. He has a track background, so he has tremendous speed. Like I said, tremendous what he can cover. Cover a lot of ground. Uh, he has great recovery speed. A couple knocks on his game, though. He's a little light at 202 pounds for the NFL. I think he's going to bulk up. I don't think it's gonna, that's going to be the hugest of factors. Uh, he will have trouble getting off of blocks. Again, for his safety, yeah, you know, hey, that's 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 an iffy thing to have. I mean, if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you'll, you'll still be successful. Uh, so I think his biggest thing is, He's going to be able to put, he's going to play right away because he can play special teams. And again, he had the speed uh, and, the, and the athleticism to do something at the position. So again, he'll definitely be getting his first burn, returning kicks, returning passes, or returning, uh, you know, punts and all that. Punt teams, punt specialists. That's going to be his this thing day one but again i think he'll 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 definitely uh use that and parlay those skills to an nfl roster believe me i know it again he's he's the third rate of safety for a reason there's nothing to worry about too much with his case but he'll he'll i mean there's things that he needs to improve on that'll make him a one uh, in my opinion uh but again we're gonna take a quick break and when i come back uh, we'll just be going over some quick nfl rumors not too deep we are going to talk a little bit about that gronkowski trade that is the one trade that did happen though all right y'all i will be right back Let's talk about uh, this the main trade of the week. This is what we're going to be talking about just for a second. Of course, the Patriots have decided to trade their fourth-round draft pick uh, to Tampa for the rights to Rob Gronkowski. Of course, 
it is official uh, that he will be uh, deciding to come out of retirement. Uh, now, this is all, you know, boring. Oh, no, he actually recently passed his physical, so he's good. He's good to go. He just has to come back to the league. Uh, the Bucks will also receive a seventh-round pick from the Patriots. Uh, as far as Gronk, like I said, he will be turning 31 next month and is under contract for one more year at $9 million. Uh, Brady uh, has thrown 78 touchdown passes to Gronkowski, the most of anybody in his career. Uh, the Bucks also still have tight ends O.J. Howard and Cam Great on the roster. Look for one of those guys to be traded. More than likely, I would say O.J. Howard, uh, just for some reason. I mean, it would make sense. Um, you don't need three tight ends, of course, especially a Rob Gronkowski. The thing about Gronkowski, though is that, of course, he's played, you know, in so many great games for the Patriots, so many different, you know, their championship, Super Bowls, whatever. Uh, but he has been out for a year, and the question is, what does he really have in the tank, especially after 20 interceptions, I'm sorry, 20 concussions, I'm sorry, wrong word there. 20 concussions, and not only 20 concussions, but also various other injuries to his knee, his ankle, his back, and also his arm and chest, as well as a quad injury that he suffered during the Super Bowl win versus the Rams, uh, that pretty much needed for him to get procedures to get blood taken out of his, his leg. So he's been through a whole lot. He's been through the ringer in terms of injuries. My question is, does he have it in him to go for a full NFL season and possibly a playoff? I, I, you know, if he feels he's ready to go, if he's been cleared, I've, from, you know, from the sources that I know, from the first sources that I have, he's been cleared by the league doctors and also, um, you know, his own medical staff. So, if he feels he's ready to go, then I'm going to say he's ready to go. Uh, of course, you know, he's been through a whole lot. Uh, my thing is, good luck with that, you know. And my thing is, is this, is this somewhat of a coup against Bill Belichick? I'll have to see if one more player leaves from from uh from New England and goes to Tampa Bay. I, I'm gonna say it's a coup. I, I think Tom Brady, you know, he feels he has something to prove and he wants to prove it against Bill Belichick. That's the feeling that I'm getting. It'd be very interesting to see. Let's move on to some prospective trades or some possible trades that could be happening. Uh, we're gonna go off to Philly. Uh, Alshon Jeff Jeffrey is a name that has arrived on the trading block. It's official. Uh, Philly is looking for somebody to to make a trade with them for their veteran receiver. Uh, Je uh, Jeffrey has not had 85 or sorry 850 receiving yards or more in a, in a season since 2014, and he only only had 43 catches last year. So there you go. Uh, definitely has not. Um, come through in terms of his his draft stock and what they said about him. You can almost pretty much say he's a bust. You don't like to say that word too much, but I think that kind of works here. Uh, there is some positives though. Uh, he you know he is 30 years old. He's still relatively young. In the Super Bowl, he helped the Eagles out a lot. He would have three catches for 73 yards and also a touchdown. Uh, but I think this is the end of his route here in Philadelphia. And I don't if I and I also if I'm right here, if he doesn't, if he isn't, if the Eagles aren't able to get a trade, um, you know, at some point, look for him at some point to be cut before the season. I might that might sound a little bit harsh, but he might even be cut. Uh, but let's move on to OBJ. There's a couple teams he's been linked to recently. Uh, the wide receiver is reportedly the traded. Uh, well, is on the trading block. This is this has been confirmed as well. He's actually on the trading block. I think at this point, it's all about now. Um, 
what trades can they make for him? What value can they bring in? That being the Browns. Uh, but I've, I mean, from what I know, he's currently on that trading block. OBJ has given strong attention from Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. Of course, they've had previous discussions. That, uh, apparently, they were the highest bidder when he was originally sought to be traded back in 2018. Uh, but again, uh, the Giants and that mostly Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants at the time, did not want to send uh, OBJ to the to another division within the conference or to, to another team within the conference. That's That was Gettleman's rules. That's why he did not go to the Niners. He ended up going to the Browns uh, to begin with. It's also reported that the Niners made the highest offer, like I said, back in 2018. I just said that. Uh, but again, it didn't work. Uh, there is some words that... Uh, you know, Minnesota might even be interested as well. Of course, they would want to put another receiver right next to him, being that they just recently lost Stephon Diggs to free agency. So that would make sense. Uh, but last year for OBJ, again, he did not have the greatest of seasons. He would have 74 catches. So he did all right there, uh, but just barely over 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. So, again, the chemistry with Baker isn't there. They haven't been getting along. That's been something that's been said and been reported, of, reported on. So, I don't know what happens to OBJ, but look for him to get traded at some point, I believe, as well. Uh, but let's move on. The final one here, we have Leonard Fournette and the Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville has, has also been looking for a trade partner for their running back there. I believe this is his third, going into his third year. Uh, now, he's also their number four pick. So, again, they don't spend too much time with their player. They are looking to rebuild or save money. I don't know what their deal is. Uh, he is actually due $4.16 million uh, at the end of this season, at the start of next season, actually. Now, last season, he would have over 1,000 yards. He also would have three touchdowns there as well. He also he also improved in the passing game with 76 catches for 522 yards. He would score three touchdowns on the ground. So, he isn't. he is trying to stay consistent. He is trying to get better. So, that is all there. Uh, I think what recently got him into – this this recent trouble or to the point where the team wants to trade him is I'm not mistaken he has been really vocal well, he has been vocal about uh wanting Cam Newton to join the team of course you know Gardner Minshew has already been declared their starter you know if I'm not mistaken this is what has gotten him on this trade block but these are these are his thoughts on Cam Newton and this being Leonard Fournette I feel like Cam uh went to the Super Bowl and has is a great guy uh, he's uh, I, I've been on him for a minute now, and uh, he would go on to say there's no disrespect to the Garner Minshew, uh, but I just want my team to be in the best position to win. Now, of course, that might ruffle some you know people the wrong way. Uh, I mean, again, why not? You know, why not look to Cam Newton? Cam Newton is an MVP. He's played in the Super Bowl. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Garner Minshew did not do anything to blow me away last season. So, I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't mind looking into Cam Newton, you know, if I'm a GM, if I'm a GM that wants to win. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Gardner Minshew had some decent numbers, but I didn't win a lot necessarily per se. So, I mean, again, he's I'm not, not to take away from Gardner Minshew myself, but I, I think the competition with him and Cam Newton would do a lot for that team. Uh, I think I don't know what the Jags' situation are. Uh, to be honest, maybe they don't want to pay the money. Maybe they don't want to get into that. Uh, but again, some potential landing spots for Leonard Fournette could be Miami, Buffalo, or Detroit, uh, also Indiana or Tampa Bay. So look for that. Look for a move to be happening with Leonard Fournette at some point as well. Uh, if Fournette isn't traded again, like I said, he is. He has expressed those feelings about acquiring Cam, the team acquiring Cam Newton. I don't know if the team does that. I think they're set with Garner Minshew, which I feel is you know. I'm iffy on that myself. I, I wouldn't. 
if not if Cam Newton or somebody like that is available, why not bring him in to see what he got? That's my opinion. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, I will be stepping away from the world of sports, uh, and I will be going over a coronavirus update, more so what's going on in terms of Trump wanting to open things up. There's some governors, such as uh, California's Governor Gavin Newsom, that's not really with that. We're going to be talking about the protests and how I feel about the hypocrisy going behind that. Uh, and also... Um, Let's see. Oh, like I said before, Kim Jong-un has been in the news the past couple of days. He's been having some serious health problems. We'll talk about that. We'll discuss that, what that might mean potentially for that sphere of the world. Um, what else did I want to get into? Uh, whatever whatever comes to my mind, it'll be it'll be discussed. I believe I should be putting that episode out uh, tomorrow. I'm off for the next couple of days. So between tomorrow and uh, Saturday, or sorry, tomorrow will be Thursday. Oh, I got Thursday extra days off. Hold on. I got to get my... My bell's on the morning. No, tomorrow's Friday. I'm sorry. I got to get my days right, y'all. Bear with me. Uh, so between Friday and Saturday, I should have that next episode out for you guys. I am working on two major projects. Uh, give them time. I'm working on uh, my uh, Lethal Weapon series review. Um, look out for that. I'm going in-depth on all four movies. We're comparing, contrasting, and blah, 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 blah. Also, I'm going to be comparing, well, more so comparing and contrasting that series to other cop films, other buddy cop films. Uh, so we're going to get into that. Uh, also, I need to finish off my Golden State issue. Uh, this is my history of California immigration. Again, if you haven't uh, been able to watch any of those, uh, look it up, Golden State issue. Uh, I have at least seven episodes. I'm talking about the history of California immigration, basically the history of California in general, uh, how people got here, where they came from. Uh, we'll be wrapping up that series at some point uh I'm going to say at this point next week, it has to be done at some point. I've been talking about it, talking about it. I got to get that out the way so I can move on to other things. Uh, there's other things to talk about. But again, I have seven parts already for that. Uh, Calif uh, sorry, the Golden State issue, the history of California immigration. Please look at that if you haven't yet. Again, seven parts. I'll be wrapping seven or eight parts. I got to check in on that as well. But again, It'll be wrapped. That'll be wrapped up soon as well. If you haven't taken a, a, a second yet, look at my other episode. Look at my previous episodes. Uh, recently, I have an episode I uploaded, uploaded within about a week or so. Uh, another review about Johnson Family Vacation in a sub segment I like to call "Why Black uh, Film Why Black Cinema Matters," and it goes along with my upon re further review series. So check a look at that. Also got some other draft profiles just to give you an idea of who's gonna be drafted. Again, that draft is today. I believe around five o'clock west uh, west coast time, or maybe uh, five o'clock eastern time, something like that. So it's going to be happening pretty soon. Uh, prepare for that. That's why I want to get these these uh, profiles out there before then. Um, here we are. I got them ready for you guys. So take a look at these. Take a look at the other ones I have for all the other offensive players, quarterbacks. Um, let me know what you guys. Uh, uh, you know, let me know what you guys think uh, in terms of additions. You know, suggestions you know, constructive criticism. I'm here. I'm open for it. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R 75 at gmail.com. You can also hit, uh, hit me up on Facebook at ljamahajani uh, at E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D uh, J A N I. Once again, that's L Jamal Johnny. Uh, e L J A M A H A D 
J-A-N-I. I also have a Facebook page for the show as well at Jamal 791 E-L-J-A-M-A-H 791. Once again, it is E-L-J-A-M-A-H 791, Jamal 791. And finally, I have a Facebook page for the show as well at Never Out of Bounds. Simple as that. Uh, you can look for me at all those different places. Uh, I have links, content shared. You can find all my links, different links to where I'm at all in those different places so again don't be afraid to hit me up do not be afraid to leave any type of uh, encouragement constructive criticism again i'm looking to make this my full-time career whether it be podcasting some type of media you know show whatever uh, even voice acting voiceover work again if anybody um speaking of which if anybody uh, knows any connections has any projects you'd like to do that requires somebody's voice anything like that i'm looking to pro build my profile so please holler at me uh let me know what i can do uh, let me know what knowledge you'd want me to have about whatever please holler at me i'm trying to make this work i'm trying to set up something new for my life so please it'll be much easy well it's a, it's already a lot easier with y'all support that support that i even get now but just anything that you want uh doesn't necessarily i mean uh, there's links to the pot uh, to the paypal links to the cash app i tell everybody almost every episode i mention it don't worry about that stuff per se uh again it does help don't get me wrong but i work for a living so i'll be okay uh, I more so want you guys to listen to where I'm coming from. Uh, if you have an opinion about it, a construction, again, constructive criticism, I'm always here. Suggestions on how to make this better, please let me know because that's the goal. The goal is to is to do something with this. So, again, with your guys' support, which, again, I already get to some extent, uh, just any anything else. I'm here for you guys, and uh, hopefully you guys be here for me. Once again, this is your man, L. Jamal, signing out. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out, one love, and I'll holler at all you guys later on.